Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello listeners, welcome back to The Creep Dive. This is just a warning that this week's episode contains references to and descriptions of a suicide. Welcome back to The Creepy Dive. Hello. Hello. Am I supposed to also say hello? <laughs> Do you remember that time I spelt my name? <laughs> You've done that a couple of times. Why did I? Yeah. Should we introduce each other? I mean, ourselves. <laughs> I think I think we should just talk over each other. Yeah. So let's address that. I'm Cassie Delaney. C-A-S-S-I-E-D-E-L-A-N-E-Y. That is fucking way too long. From memory, nice ring to it. I was only... I was only spelling the second name. Okay, go on. Jen O'Dwyer, D-W-Y-E-R. See? And Sophie White. I'm White Sophie spelled White. White. Look, it's great to be here. I'm back on the creep dive. See, back on the creep dive. See, now we're all so freaked out about talking over each other. So, um, Thanks to our kind one-star reviewer. <laughs> I'm like, nobody's you know saying what? anything. It's too awkward. <laughs> Somebody fill the fucking silence. I'm dying Do you know what? Here. We've been doing this podcasting thing for a while. And I actually think that a one-star review was a good thing because it really brings... Like Mother of Pod now has only five-star reviews and they look fake. They look fake. Well, you're our producer. I haven't done anything. I have not encouraged anybody. But this I'm is buying. I'm buying followers, by the way. Fucking yeah. shit. You're <laughs> buying the followers. Hanging around for one or two followers. It's bullshit. You can buy like a hundred thousand Brazilians for five euro. So stop. So <laughs> 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 the fact that we got a very authentic one star review that says all we do is talk over each other was really um, it's it's really I suppose it's just authentic, isn't it? No, like it's true. But then. I listened to a podcast just here today earlier on, and they were fucking talking all over each other, and it was driving me demented. I'm going to introduce... It wasn't the creep time, was it? It was the creep... No. Was it this podcast? No. no, it was someone else's podcast. But um, yeah, no, no, whatever. Yeah, I feel all like, oh God, I can't say anything. <laughs> anyway, wh- like one of the stories like, it's just like this week. I feel such a creepy podcast anyway. It puts me in a weird, like it puts me in such a weird headspace. I left last week feeling 
creeped out. Like I couldn't really sleep that night from your story, so really, yeah, I definitely had some re- residual sort of feelings. That's so weird. Um, but it's great to know that the internet is full of creeps. Well, people loved it, but I did. Did you not feel like an intense level of pressure to find a really good well? I story. felt really no. sorry for you, Cassie. Yeah, well, I was yeah. doing the long story I tonight. I spent hours of my like hours and hours and hours and hours just trying to find a good story. So I'm like, I've got like a, a whole back catalogue now of potential creeps well, before I settled on this one, purely because I thought this was the most tense. This is the most like building story that I could find. You sent a screenshot of the fucking thesis you it's wrote. four pages long and I wrote it, yeah. So settle down. Get comfortable. Like what's the here vibe here? What, like what are we talking it's a mystery that the internet solved. So it was an unidentified person solved by everyone's favorite website, WebSleuths. Oh, WebSleuths. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of like an offshoot Cassie of Reddit. Cassie just glared at me like, do not rate Reddit. <laughs> like, no, no, because WebSleuths <laughs> came from Reddit and this particular sub... They're a breakaway faction. Sub forum of um, WebSleuths started from a Reddit tra- thread. But um, I was like, don't give people away web sleuths as our, <laughs> as our yeah. source of all our good content. <laughs> Nobody's time for that. Like, do you not listen to the stuff and do things? You don't listen. Sorry, this make that makes no sense. Uh, you like multitask when you're listening to your podcast. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't want someone to now go on to web She doesn't want someone else the going next, on a like, scroll hole weeks, yeah. and not but scroll come to hole. us. What I have learned is that... A creep die fan told me the scroll nice. hole. And scroll I was like, that hole. is the I best like phrase. I'm using that immediately. Um, No, people definitely should not and do not have this level of free time to do it. Like, I mean, I... I did this during the day like I know I worry for us yeah in like just instead of working like not the creep drive was on my actual legit (laughs) to-do list today oh yeah among other actual things I have to do it took me about three hours I put it on my Instagram and then I started freaking that like my any one of my various bosses might see my to-do list I'm not there with you but guys this is a job now because that's not your role here this is our podcast this is a serious okay come on before we get to the main course i yeah, have an immediate to discuss story. this one afterwards yeah okay no 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 oh do you have an amuse-bouche self i've got an amuse-bouche you're not known for them <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> i'm not known for my brevity <laughs> no. Fuck you. from your short stories yeah like how long you're are like who oh, know you've delighted us long enough now so if you wrap it up thank you self so we've had enough of you anyway Okay, I have a little amuse-bouche. I do. It definitely doesn't warrant a longy, but it's got a little something, a little kind of umami to it, you know? Mm. Stop teasing. Okay. Does this ring any bells? The Confessions of Ray Gosling. No bells. Sounding kind of familiar. Because of Ryan Gosling? It's, uh, who's Ryan Gosling? Right, well, oh, this okay, is the Sophie. fucking Adele thing all over again. <laughs> You're <laughs> no just way. pretending not to know somebody's no like super famous. You can go famous. to the darkest, wait, wait, darkest wait. holes of the, the internet no, and the know all know. of pop culture. <laughs> all of it. I don't do television. <laughs> Fuck you. I know who Ryan Gosling is. Well done. I just couldn't, I just didn't for a minute there put it together. Is there he's a the guy from the notebook? He's very small, compact. No, no, my God! Yeah, he is. He's tiny. He's like a little gosling bird. I, I don't think he is. I he's in all those memes. 
Yeah, yeah the eating like he's not eating yeah. his soup. Yeah. He's tiny. He's Known tiny. for the notebook and not eating his soup. Like all actors, they're all tiny people. Like they actually genuinely are a different breed of human. Very small. Has this small human got something to do with your story? No. Um, <laughs> shares the last name. Right. Okay, so the confessions of Ray Gosling. We'll cut out that whole bit and we'll just come back in here. Okay. Oh, you know we're leaving in that in, here. Sophie, because <laughs> the people need to know. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so Ray Gosling um, was a big documentary maker in England. He was had a really, really successful career with the BBC for like 20 years. He was big in the 60s and 70s. He made like documentary films about kind of small town British life. And he was like kind of a beloved character and like on the BBC, like, so, you know, I mean, not maybe a gay burn or like a kind of, he was pretty famous. And anyway, he um, was, uh, (laughs) okay, he was arrested in 2010 um, on suspicion of murder. Oh. Sorry, what f- what kind of po- what kind of documentaries was he making? So he made documentaries about kind of like small town British life. So like he made one called Two Town Mad that was like made in the late sixties or early seventies, and it was all about living in like Leicester and like he might have been a bit of a John Ronson of his day, all right? Okay. Kind of, but not. And he was not very like murder themed documentaries. No, 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 no. He was very handsome. Very handsome guy. And um, he was also gay. And in later years, he became like a gay activist. Um, And like he was really, really beloved. Just this kind of like, you know, just this kind of like TV guy, movie star good looks that was very intelligent. He made these very kind of like thoughtful documentaries. And anyway, next thing in 2010, he's arrested on suspicion of murder. So at the time, he'd kind of his career kind of been flagging a bit in the early 2000s. And he had actually declared bankruptcy and even was kind of living in um, sheltered housing. And he was kind of about sort of late six or 60s, early 60s at this stage. Um, but he was still like a real kind of figure in like English broadcasting. And um so even though he'd kind of like, you know, fallen on a bit of hard luck and was living in this sheltered accommodation, um, the BBC East Midlands came along and they offered him this like regular slot on a show of theirs called Inside Out. So that's like regional BBC. So mm-hmm. it's like mainly broadcast there in the East Midlands and a bit like RT Cork. <laughs> and um, is there... Is there- I think there is. I think there is. Actually, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they had this show called Inside Out and they said, Ray, why don't you come do this regular slot? You can produce these 15 minute videos. I'm s- I'm getting an Alan Partridge vibe. You remember when he, they offered him a, sh- anyway, I mean, a regional deal. <laughs> Grant. He's like, I think he's kind of got way more cred than that but then why would you get offered RTE Cork well he's in like you know he's in his sort of late 50s 60s ageist 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 yeah Um, and also the times they're changing like his career suffered because of the rise of stuff like what's your man 
is it Jeremy Kyle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. Like, and those kind of like really exploitative reality TV shows that like exploded in the 90s kind of replaced like How thoughtful you? documentary making yeah. on the BBC. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's okay. like, you know, there is a whole kind of like... It was just, tre- he kind of trended out. He just was out. trending out. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, they basically made these little 15 minute shorts for this TV show every week and they were all kind of themed and they'd... Like, they had kind of cutesy themes. Remember, it's like the Midlands Regional. They'd done cafes and statues. And the seaside was one. And so then they decided to do one episode on death. And Is it a bit like Nationwide? Yes. Ah. Totally like Nationwide, in What's fact. What's your one say? In fact, this is exactly his level as well. Like, he's not a gay burn exactly, but like, he could be a Mary Kennedy. Very likable. Right. Very affable. Love M. Ken. I probably shouldn't have said nationwide. Why? I? I don't know. Would they get offended? What? Don't be insane. Not in a bad way. It's just very nationwide. It's a thing. Keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Who's they anyway? They're listening, I'm sure. Okay. So they what? we were going to make this little, like, little <laughs> video about, not video, short film about death and they were like going to coffin manufacturers and chatting to them about customized coffins they were like oh talking to people who had their coffins made in the shape of skis because they were an avid skier so weird like one ski or two fucking skis what even is that like two skis are so long and slender what part of you goes in where no i mean no i feel like that really wouldn't have worked but this is a quote from him so i mean i guess i have to take his word for it that they talked to somebody who had a coffin made in the shape of skis unless it was like the silhouette of a skier and that was the coffin Yeah, shape. you could do that and you'd be in that shape. And then you'd be inside it just like snow plowing yeah. for eternity. Like, do you remember, <laughs> like, do you remember your man um, who was buried in a big Pringles box? No. Right. No. I think, in fact, Pringles made it, made the Pringles tube form. <laughs> and it was, he was buried in the Did tube. Did they spawn con his funeral for I, him? I, from memory, yes. <laughs> fact. Did you see that headline the other day? And it was like, a woman arrested for... Driving around on an electric shopping cart, drinking wine from a Pringles can. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh my God. Is that just like me? During the week or something. I love that idea. Of, you I know, was like, how did Pringles get the Pringles brand in every single headline? Like, it wasn't just like drinking out of a crisp can. It was drinking oh, out of a Oh, because it's just iconic. So iconic. Yeah. Okay. We return to Ray and his little documentary about death. Yes, yes, please. So anyway, they were wrapping up on filming. They'd been around chatting to loads of people. And um, they were basically doing that kind of like, you know, like the kind of piece to camera roundup of like, oh, we've had a lot of food for thought here, blah de blah. Like Kevin McLeod's little speech at the end of Grand Design. Yeah, he talks when about he the talks, about, he talks the about the integrity of the bill. But what, while making their sympathy, fun of it. their sympathy to the landscape, yeah. where like how it's yeah. actually a metaphor. Yeah. For life, I love that. And this, I know. I actually would love to just get like a supercut of all those little, or like Jerry Springer's thought. How do you at know the end all of, the of these people? Jeremy Kyle included, like and not know who Ryan fucking Gosling is. I told you, I knew is. who he was. He was just anyway. You're ruining. You're Sorry. ruining this. I, I am. Th- Stop it. Okay, <laughs> back. This is a shorty. This is a this shorty. This is a shorty. Yeah, exactly. Told okay, you. so anyway, she can't do fucking shorty. He was doing I think this, it's your fault. <laughs> and we're talking over each other Stop all talking over each other. <laughs> Where is the stuffed toy? <laughs> okay, <laughs> we need the conch shell. 
Okay, so they're doing the wrap-up. They opted to film on location in a graveyard. Ray was walking among the gravestones as he delivered his final... Um, Kevin McLeod thing. Kevin McLeod thought for the day. So I'll just read um, a transcript of that piece to camera. Yes. So just remember, it's a man dramatic in his 60s. Reading, I'll do a dramatic reading. Uh, with an accent. He's wearing kind of an overcoat. He's voicing it's kind of a late afternoon in a graveyard. <clears throat> I killed someone once. <laughs> not in this region, but not so far away. He was a young chap. <laughs> He'd been my lover. Oh. And he got AIDS. Oh. And in a hospital one hot afternoon, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do. Well, and he was in he terrible, terrible pain. And I said to the doctor, leave me just for a bit. And he went away and I picked up the pillow. He uses actions here. No. And I smothered him until he was dead. Right. The doctor came back and I said, he's gone. Nothing more was ever said. Now, this is on Nationwide, basically. <laughs> Sorry, did this go out? This no. was broadcast How? on a Monday night on, as I said, BBC East Midlands. Okay. Now, Ray was like a producer on this segment. So he had final say and stuff. But like, yeah, but surely there was Karen in accounts or some fucking person. But he had, he could have stopped the broadcast. Like, he had oh, ample opportunity. Him, I have no him, doubt, he wanted okay, it to yeah. go out. It's, okay. Did nobody else stop this? Well, yeah, no, he, they watched the final edit and his editor, as they were going through the final cut of that clip, like, looked at him and uh, Ray said, let it run. And nice. <laughs> the BBC were like, Mm, okay, so you know, you know, there could be this could be a bit dangerous. And Ray said, I had had dangers before, I'm used to dangers. Sorry, Ray's a fucking badass, <laughs> <laughs> is he not? I just imagine him in the graveyard wearing like tweed on nationwide, being like, This is going to get the views, this, this is, is going, going to, to make me relevant again with the youth content. 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 So anyway, um, on the Monday morning of the shows um, was scheduled to go out, um, the BBC Breakfast, which is the BBC's like national live breakfast show, rang and asked if he'd like to come on um, and talk about death tomorrow. And um, Ray says, I got on the train to London and thought nothing of it. Then he was sitting on set uh, with the hosts. They were live broadcasting and they showed the clip and he thought oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> sorry he thought oh fuck yeah and so that was clearly all that that segment was about and um ray in the segment was like you know i'll, I'll never um what you know i'll never reveal the identity of the young man um you know he doesn't deserve that kind of thing, blah de blah. Uh, you know, I will. I wouldn't under torture, under pain of torture, reveal his identity. Come on. And um, <laughs> yeah, so this was blowing the fuck up. Naturally, well, obviously. Yeah. Then that night, Ray's landlady phoned and said, "The police are outside your door." <laughs> she said, "Ray." 
You didn't do it. You were in France. Don't you remember, Ray? He made it up. That fucking sociopath. That's mental. Uh-huh. And so he was arrested on suspicious suspicion of murder a few days later. But he hadn't done it. He hadn't even been in the country when the young man in question died, whose name was Tony. And he did die of AIDS. And they had been friends but he and didn't lovers. Kill him. He did not kill him. He was reporting in France. And he just... And so what happened? There? I mean, what do you do? the whole thing up. It just got, it, yeah. God love what? him. I thought the little twist in that tale was going to be that it just, it wasn't reported as a murder. So he was never caught and never yeah. prosecuted. And he got away with it, even though he admitted on national TV. Better. And once again, a really, really distressing story that just feels so weird. So weird. Disturbing. I think it was kind of badass. I'm going to say it. I still think he was a badass. He well, was like, fuck it. I'm on regional Cork FM. Who the fuck's going to watch this? Who the my fuck's watch my career is in the toilet. No offense to regional Cork FM. But you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to. Yeah, but just a weird thing to lie about, you know? I think the issue is if it's sort of somehow based in truth. Like there was a guy who died. And he obviously thought about killing him. Or like he well, thought about, you know. Putting him out of his misery. Yeah. Well, what's what's in you know? There's mercy killing, mercy killing, and and all that kind of stuff. And here, kids look away there. Dignity, that's what they call it in the states and places where it's legal. Dying with dignity. Yeah, but that's at your own hand somehow, isn't it? Isn't it like mm, or assisted suicide? Yeah. Or, I mean, Do it's very murky territory. And when the uh, clip first aired on Inside Out, loads of Right to Die um, people came out in support of him. And like they, I think, were probably delighted because here was like a national story that was going to further their conversation around, yeah. um, you know, advocating for, you know, terminal p- patients to be yeah. able to to choose and make the choice. Um. So then, obviously, bit of a spanner in the works then when it was a really random false murder confession so on he, national television. Uh, did he ever say why? Why? Um. Why? So incidentally, Hashtag he was given content. a ninety-day police sentence for wasting he was everyone's fined time. Fined forty-five grand for wasting police time and blocked from ever working for the BBC ever again. Now, um, he seems to believe that he was slightly stitched up by the BBC. Naturally, he would. <laughs> Um, I've got a quote from here. I felt I could say it to my country people. Um, I didn't do it to revive a flagging career. I did it for the people who've told me their stories and for what I felt about what I remembered. Come on, that's crazy. Um, you don't falsely remember killing someone. You either did it or you didn't. He was in France. And he definitely was trying to revive his flagging career. I mean, he answered the question right there. Do you know what I was also, not doing? I felt I could say it. To my country people, like what the fuck does as that if mean? none of them are going to tell Rat anyone you about out? it. Like we'll just keep that among us here in the East Midlands now. No need to tell anyone else about this exactly. murder confession that just happened on Nationwide. That's anyway. Brilliant. He, he can said, I have a look at Ray? Leave him with this. He said, "You look at the camera, and you say something out of your heart, and I made a stitch of embroidery too far." Right. Yes, you did, Ray. A uh, stitch of embroidery too far. Um, Thank you. That was good. You're welcome. That was a good story. My boosh my is a mo- uh, moose. Very difficult to say. 
My bush is moist. What? My mouth is moist? Is that what that means? I don't know. It's tickled your bush. Okay. I'm ready for... Give us a little... Are you going to give us a full, little canopy? No, because my story's too long. Is it? Oh, maybe it's for a once, I kind of have a longy. What happened was I was researching my story and I was like, God, oh, this is pretty straightforward. Nice bit of juice. This will hit a short one. And then I got... I, what is, what's the scroll, scroll hold? And realised there was a whole other side to this story. That's actually what happened with Stephanie as a party. That just started as a little... I just remember that that was a con outside the GPO. I didn't realise yeah. that it went as deep as it did. Like a blackhead that turns out to be an ingrown hair. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to save mine because... Well, yeah, maybe I'll next episode. Look, wow, no one believes in me. This is so uncharacteristic maybe for you I'm to have a do... longy and be interested in the time constraints of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck all you people. I'm coming back with a thesis. I need you to block me in for two hours next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you give us your click, clickbait, your clickbait title? Headline, headline? Oh, I've already written the clickbait headline in my document on page <laughs> Sorry. one of four. Uh, you've written... Font 11. Uh, single spaced. Word count, Kaz? Oh, hold on, hold on. Don't care. Don't check. I will. Uh, I will. Um, 1,258 words, Sophie. Oh, that's okay. That's grand. That's actually a lot. That's not as long as the other ones we've had. You're not a fast talker. She likes to draw it's it out. Thoughtful. Yeah, and it I, is but thoughtful. But I've, I've, you know, I could read this now from top to tail and it's a good story. It's yeah. not like it's, it's, you know. It's leaving it's any gaps for us to comment and talk over you though. <laughs> <laughs> just, just chime in whenever you want. <laughs> just what it is. Like, okay, so this story is called The Man With No Name. Okay. Excellent. And it's top line. It is about the mysterious death of a boy who for 17 years was unidentified until web sleuths came on in and gave him his identity. Okay, so this story starts on Friday, September 14th, 2001, three days after the September 11 attacks in the States, which is pivotal in the story. Okay. A young man checked into the... Quinault Inn, a motel in Amanda Park, Washington. He was clean, he was sober, he was well-dressed. There was nothing unusual about him and he booked a room for two nights and signed the registration slip. He signed his details as Lyle Stevick and he said his address was 1019 Progress Avenue, Idaho. Well, that doesn't exist. Meridian, Idaho. It does exist. Okay, the motel in question was an unexceptional family-run business. There were eight rooms in total. There were six together and there were two rooms in a separate annex. And though the motel was described as being very run down, it was the cheapest motel in the town. So like Beaulies. Don't think we can say that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Beaulies was a hotel, is it? Yeah, it is, isn't oh. it? No, no, no well, I think it's just does cakes was. and tea. There's a couple there of was a Beaulies hotel. hotel. Oh yeah, I don't I think, think they're. I don't think they're coming for us. I think this us. is like. I think this is like a. This would be like travel an lodge, independent inn, kind of like B and B. Yeah, kind of like it's a motel. It's your typical American motel, right? 
Um, so when Lyle checked in, there was Barbara behind the desk, locally known as Aunt Barb. Her nephew Gabe owned the motel, and it and it was a very quiet motel. I'm gonna need you to do the accent. I'm not. I can't do accents. I'm gonna need it's you. My to only do downfall. It. Can't do them. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> my only downfall. <laughs> it was beside a lake, and they relied a lot on uh, on fishermen for their business, but there was none there, so it was pretty much just Lyle in the motel at this time. So what age is Lyle, did you say? Lyle is in his 20s, in his okay. early 20s. Alone, sober. Alone, no luggage. No luggage? No luggage. He's wearing a blue flannel shirt, a grey Fruit of the Loom t-shirt, a pair of Levi 500s and a pair of black Doc Martens, size 10. No. That's detail for you now. Black. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. No toothbrush? No hand Wait. I'm glad you asked because it comes up later on in the story. Sorry, can I just get a, lo- a location kind of check for the hotel? Are we close Washington. by We're Washington? Right, the city. Are we kind of? It's called the Lake Quinault Inn, and it's um, it's Amanda Park. So it's like it's like a very sleepy little town. There's a highway just beside the motel, right. and there's a big lake, and okay. then behind the motel is a big trailer park. Or I think like, I don't think it's like a permanent trailer park. I think it's travelers kind okay. of thing, like mobile homes and stuff. Because that was also described as being very quiet. Okay. So. How did he arrive? By bus. Ah. Into the town. Now that's unusual. Mm. So arrived in, got off a bus and checked into the motel. No luggage. Just what he was wearing. Um, so Aunt Barb gave him a key to room number eight, which is one of the rooms in the annex. And it was behind that room was the trailer park. And after 60 minutes in the room, Lyle came out and he said that the room was too noisy and he wanted a different room. And Barb described him as being quite agitated at this stage. So she gave him a room, she gave him a key for room number five, which was in the middle of the motel. So he checked in for two nights, went in, um, that was fine. He slept there on the Saturday night and on the Sunday night. And on the Sunday, on the Saturday, he had asked for three extra towels. And on the Sunday, That's a lot of self love. <laughs> on the Sunday, he told the cleaner that he didn't want his room cleaned. Just leave him alone. It was fine. So he, he just wants to stew in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> who wouldn't? I don't. Who needs to change your clothes <laughs> when I've got three towels? Or a book to entertain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so you, Barb said he's agitated. He said he was agitated about the room, like about the noise of the room, even though what it, the noise? place is described as being quite quiet. And did she and describe anything else, else about him? Did she just say he wanted like a different room? He is described as being kind of handsome. Get all to this down to this. She said later that he seemed to have a slight Canadian accent, but she couldn't really be sure. I'm going to need um, t- for you to. Give he us a flavour of what that might have sounded like, Cassie. <laughs> no, I'll um, add it later. I want to get out of this room. Oot. That was oot. Oot in a boot. Um, Racist. He <laughs> I have a funny Canadian joke, but this is not the time or place for it. <laughs> Do you have another podcast? His Funny Canadian jokes. We should start I'm a new podcast, it. shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, I think we need to stop a podcast. <laughs> Back in the room, guys. Back in the room. Okay. Segway. I've gone skip down now to give you a description of him. This was later in my plan, but I'm going to tell it to you now. Okay. So he was his his nationality was hard to distinguish, um, and his ethnicity. His he his eyes were hazel. He had black hair, which was combed straight back. Um, it had recently been cut. 
He had a little bit of stubble, a small mole to the left side of his chin, and his earlobes were attached. This is fucking <gasps> detail. Freak. Just yeah. like Jen. This no, is mine just, are this detached. Is, this <laughs> was all. This was all details that Pete that like they really remembered about him. So he seemed to be from like. Why would you look well at someone that intently? Was he like handsome? Yeah, he was described. That's as being why. Handsome. Yeah, because if you're just kind of average, a bit ugly, or if you were recoiling from them, you'd be trying not to look at them dead <laughs> he, on. Like, um, oh, hurts my eyes. I didn't take it in because I could barely look at it. Okay, so Back the, the Monday morning. <laughs> Yeah, this gets really Sorry, sad. Sorry, Monday like, morning. It's not a happy story. <laughs> well, I know you already told us he's dead. Yeah, he is dead. So, um, on the Monday morning... So, he'd stay two nights, and this was the night he was due to leave? He was due to check out on the Monday morning, yeah. So, at half eleven, the cleaner, Maricela, knocked on the door. It was the only room in the motel that needed to be cleaned, so he was the only guest that night. What hotels? Yeah, it's a really little <laughs> run-down motel. Apparently, it was $43 a night. Um, extortionist Bargain. yeah so she opened the, she got no reply obviously when she knocked on the door so she opened the door and she mm. saw Lyle in an alcove kneeling oh and his God. back was to the door his arms were by his side and his held, head was tilted back towards the ceiling and she oh thought he God. was praying Oh um, my god, he that's was fucking horrifying. That's really that description, freaky. yeah. Oh, yeah, there and there are, fo- there are, there are loads of photos of this. They've released all the photos, right? She thought he was praying, but she realized he was unresponsive. So she called Gabe at this stage. Um, Barb's who checked him into the room is she's gone off somewhere further into Washington, she's ages away. So he called her nephew Gabe, and Gabe entered the room and realized that Lyle's knees were slightly off the floor and that he had hung himself. But he had hung himself. While he was six kneeling. foot two, and he'd hung himself off a, like a, a rack in the wardrobe that was four feet off the ground. How did he do that? Whoa. So, and he, like the the detectives God, that actually, came that's in such a thought, horrifying visual. No, yes, I can't. I'm totally yeah. stuck on this because in all reports about this, he had Lyle did had he used one of the towels. No, he had used a belt. This no stop now. Are you just luring us into one of those? It was an ice cube situations. You know, when it's like a riddle. <laughs> no, because he, so he was like just slightly off the ground. So it meant that he had fought the urge. You know, your body to goes into up, su- like yeah. into survival mode. And that's, he had taken pillows from the room and put them against the, the w- it was basically a wardrobe that he had hung himself in. And he'd put pillows all around it to st- to to silence the sound of kind of banging because oh when you my God. when someone hangs themselves you go into this thrashing mode because your much. body is I trying to stand up. Yeah, it's really freaky. Jesus. Really, really fucking sad, right? So um he had hung himself and he died. Um but on the bedside table he had left eight twenty dollar bills and a note saying for the room. Oh, um he left no identification in the room, no bank card, no driver's license, no passport. He'd had no luggage. Um, they ran his DNA through and dental information and fingerprints to an FBI administrative databases and they had the data of millions of offenders collected from crime scenes and like loads of people in it. Nothing, nothing matched. And the address that he had written on his registration slip was belonged to a Best Western from Idaho that was 600 miles away. And the manager and all the staff there didn't recognize the photo and said they hadn't seen him. Um, so it quickly became apparent that Lyle Sevic was not his real name. And commonly on the internet, it is referred to 
a character in the 1987 Joyce Carol Oates novel, You Must Remember This. And in that book, there is a character called Lyle Sevick and he's becomes traumatized by his daughter's kind of passionate love for her uncle that he attempts to hang himself in the basement, but he doesn't actually kill himself. Oh my oh. God. That <laughs> really dark, sounds... right? Um, he named himself after this character. Yeah. Oh, but that's the only... <clears throat> I don't know. That's the only real reference to a name like that. There was a lot of other... There's so many... This, this what year are we talking again? So this was in 2001. Is this internet year? Is this something we've been Not looking quite Not quite yet. Okay. So the case kind of goes cold. Because up, he it? doesn't... Yeah. And like there's no missing people reports that um, Match. match his description. Uh, there's a couple of freaky things in the room, right? So... You know, um, the d- d- there was a um, Bible on the beds, the nightstands, you know, like a motel issued Bible that you have in like a lot of hotel rooms and whatever. And he, well, there was a bookmark placed on page 1050 where the first Paul passage, Luke 14, 12. the first passage was John 12, 33, which read, this, he said, signifying what death he should die, was the opening line of that page. And, and was the Bible left out? As the Bible was on the bedstand, and there was a bu- there was a bookmark there, which they, they didn't really have. Uh, like there's a lot of sh- whatever. There's a lot of but death in the in Bible. A, in a bin, yeah, it could have been coincidence. But then in a bin, they found a piece of paper crumpled with the word suicide written mm. in block capitals, and they said mm. the handwriting, it was d- slightly different because he'd written it in block capitals it would just look slightly different to what he checked in but I think they are they do think it's his handwriting but there's also there's been so many theories about this death um the detective who was assigned to the case anyway his name was why would there be a lot of theories I mean because it's just so it's so it's Oh, th- other God, things. Look, where did he come from? Where Is did he come from? Yeah, this sorry thing, because yeah. his ethnicity was hard to place as well. He co- some people suggest that he could look mi- Middle Eastern, and they thought that he'd been connected to the terrorists of nine eleven. That's surely or there there's was nothing to suggest that. No, in terms of but no, no, but like there's there's. But, th- but what else no. is there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just the timing of it, the fact that it was so close. Others did they know where that he, he got off the bus from? No, no, there was nothing. He had no. He had a, a a newspaper with him, but it was from the local area, and the newspaper was obviously very like nine eleven content heavy. Um, there no was no cards, no nothing. no. There was a new toothbrush and a new tube of Colgate in the bedside table. The toothbrush was still in his packet. Why would you and buy that if you were going to kill yourself? In but in the post, in the kind of post mortem the coroner uh, concluded that he had lost a significant amount of weight, like up to 18 kilos of weight. And then on f- in photos, he has... What's 18 kilos? Like about three or four stone? No. no so when, when had he lost weight? Uh, recently, huh? about f- three or four stone, all right. He lost weight recently? Yeah. St- okay. And on the in photos, he has um, scars on his knuckles, which Internet Salutes then attributed to a thing called Russell's sign, which is what uh, bulimics get it a lot from, it's like oh, a from their symptom thing. of making yourself sick. So there was a lot of theories that he had an eating disorder and he just, you know, had severe mental illness. Anyway, um, I'll go into some of the theories later, right? Um, the detective, 
was assigned to the case and he it's like he he's spoken a lot about the case and he kind of describes the room he said the bedspread was off the bed and hung over a window clothes hangers were on the floor by the chair the light was off and the the light was on in the bathroom door partially open uh he noticed that the pillows were stuck between the clothes hanging area and the walls uh he suspected as a noise buffer to mm-hmm. stop uh you know it basically became apparent that this this was meticulously planned kind of suicide that why this is you hang yourself wanted. so low then maybe there was nothing suffer. else i don't know if it was Th- that that's planned that's what one of the one of the weird things were um the detective whose name did i say his name lane humans he thought that his handwriting resembled that of like a medical professional that maybe he had been a doctor or a surgeon and like his clothes did suggest that he came from kind of a middle class background um you know his clothes were well kept he was described as being well kept handsome his hair was recently cut his clothes were fresh they and did yes, notice nobody that was looking for him no but they did notice that his, and this goes back to him potentially losing, a, well, he definitely lost a lot of weight, but his belt was tied at the tightest, uh, the belt around his, his waist was tied at, the, tied at the tightest notch, and it was a size that was five inches smaller than the size on his jeans. So, you know, he maybe he just was, I don't know, he had, he, he had lost a kind of surprising amount of weight and was trying to deal with his, with his wardrobe. Um, so yeah, Barb's basically was one of the only witnesses said that he was agitated, but than that he was described as being pleasant and cooperative. And so, uh, the case just kind of went cold because there was nothing, nothing else to say. I mean, it's not like there was a, it wasn't a criminal act. Yeah. So for a couple of years then, um, it just kind of faded out of people's memories until it started gaining traction on Reddit. People, you know, there's Reddit threads dedicated oh, to cold cases yeah, and stuff like true. that. And there was one Reddit user called... Sorry, Cass, do you know, can you get access to that information? Like, if you're just... Any, you can you know. get... Like, I was accessing, like, the the kind of cold case descriptors and stuff. But there's loads of, like, these Reddit threads and web sleuths have screenshot information from all over the place and compiled it all together and, okay. and stuff. So but from, there are from news news reports there's, but there's nothing official. Yeah, because there's there's early news reports from this um and there was like news headlines going back trying to identify the body and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff about this particular case online. Where um did the photographs come from? Yeah, there was photo well there was photographs from the scene and then there were uh there was I like I saw photographs from the postmortem. Like, there's that level of detail here on the internet. Leaked by whoever or But who they knows. probably released them because they, you know, they he wasn't yeah. a minor and they were just trying to identify mm. him. Um, so Reddit was kind of where all these mad theories sort of, sort of came together. And it became one of the internet's favorite unsolved cases. Um, some theories that he was, uh, you know, he had escaped from the the children of God, God. cult. Um, Those guys. There was a, y- massive theories around be him being connected to 9-11, but nothing was ever confirmed, and so he was just buried in an unmarked grave uh, about 12 miles away from where he was found in Fernhill Cemetery. So this kicked off online years after? 
so this kind of kicked off online maybe about six years after. So this is about 2001, kind of 2007, 2008. It started being talked about online. And there mm. was this one woman called... Surely you would, be, you would quickly then be able to identify them. You'd be you surprised though. Yeah. You know, there, but there were like they, they put out the photos, they put out posts, they started. There was one woman called Lindsay Soller, um, who was so affected by the mystery that she began the subreddit, subreddit completely dedicated to try and figuring it out who he was. And she gained traction on it by posting it into bigger kind of mist unsolved case things and just constant um trying to get constant traction for it like she got it in a couple of publications whatever that it was a couple of years on and nothing he'd never been identified um and she said the reason was it was a sad story um she just said that they really wanted to solve it because it just seemed like he was someone who needed a quiet peaceful place to pass on and he found a hole in the wall motel and decided it'd be the best place to end his life and it just filled her with sadness and she just really wanted to figure out who he was mm -hmm. um so for years people were suggesting connected like they were connecting missing people so there was like at least six or seven missing people that they thought at one stage was uh, was lyle and none of them were ever confirmed so then in 2000 and and this I mean this went on for years there's like a decade of people of this subreddit of mm. people trying to figure out who he was and like were they literally sending on the pictures to Aunt Barb and being like was this the guy is this the guy is this the guy no look they were getting in touch with with um Missing it's like Grays people. County Police who the case was still open like it was just a cold but case but like she's but pretty much the only person you can identify him or like the well, coroner I guess no well, no because they had released family. pictures from they had so the sleuths knew what he looked like and they were then trying to f like but they only knew from his death. The dead body pictures yeah, yeah. okay which yeah. is it's quite distinct like he there and then there, there was like forensic drawings and there was a reconstruction not okay that was anything okay particularly whatever but like he is identifiable he's quite just like he's quite distinct looking he's got a really strong chin it he's is got fucking that mad to think nobody nobody was looking knew for who him, he was right yeah um so they were sending and the, the 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 police were doing dna samples whenever there was a missing person suggested that it could be this guy because they had samples of his dna on file nobody ever matched and there was like loads of uh there's been loads of news articles about them there's a really good piece of on um, a website called melmagazine.com about the mystery and about internet sleuths trying to solve crimes. And like, this is the crime that they're referencing that, you know, it's amazing that all these kind of people have come together and they've tried to solve this, but it still goes on. And they interviewed mm. loads of people. Um, they interviewed the detective. They interviewed the, the housekeeper. There's other theories, like there was other stories about in that piece that I didn't get into because it, it was just getting too creepy that the housekeeper fell asleep once on the couch in the motel and woke up and there was a man standing over him and it matched his description and like that they thought that he was then haunting the hotel and oh there was a couple of sightings of him there but just too fucking weird but um is the hotel still going strong the motel is still going strong it doesn't have a website but like you can see like you, you can go onto it and see it in google maps you can see outside and you can see pictures of it, like Google recommended pictures and it's still, still a motel. Like, um, but they had just, they had resigned that nothing would, that they'd never make any connection, that it was just constantly going to be the man with no name who Absolutely was this 20-something yeah. year old who rocked up to a Especially motel. Especially because of a 20-something year old, you'd have, if you, your parents could 
well be still alive. You'd have mm-hmm. siblings, yeah. obviously friends. So then in 2018, 17 years after his death, volunteers at a, like a newly established uh, DNA Doe project um, reached out to Grays Harbour County Coroner's Office and requested the DNA sample from Lyle, right? And is this, this is like a 23andMe situation? This is exactly what this is. So this is this new like unbelievable DNA database database that has come up from so many people submitting their DNA to like ancestry.com, which is very, which is a very bad idea. I would have said that is a bad idea. Then they've used this, like they use this to identify the yes. Zodiac killer. They used it in it's in the in Bearbrook how they identified. Yes. The, they haven't identified the, the Zodiac killer. They have no they the GBK, uh, the Golden State Golden Killer. Golden State, State Killer. killer. Yeah. Sorry, the Zodiac will never, never be identified. But um, it's yeah, it's based this mad new kind of genetic testing where they can match uh, people. Do you, do you know like from the data? So let's say you did that. Does that company, uh, it owns the rights to your, it logs and keeps your, obviously it does. That's the whole point of the company. Yeah. It's so keeping it in a giant database and you can find thousands of people Surely this is going to kick out like major issues and major problems for people. Yeah, because there's a couple that are... Um, Cloning. But there's well, a few like that are not. So there's there's been some that have made a point of saying that they're not going to pass on the database to... For a criminal investigation. Well, that's it. So, so let's say some, you were you happen to have been are. in the room when something took place and you, a piece of your DNA was left behind. There's nothing else to connect you to this case, but they can prove you were there. I mean, that's if I was there, it sounds like I, I don't had think to do with it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know if they are ha- like. I think you have to submit your DNA. And they match you to people. I think they're. T- I'm not sure if they could just pick your. If they'll just pick it. They can't just DNA. run DNA through, but they could theoretically. Well, I don't know because they, they did in Bearbrook. Yeah. Anyway, so they, so these guys, they were so the they first requested the DNA. Companies. So there's, there's because of this phenomenon of people putting their DNA into large commercial databases. There is this now organization called the DNA Doe Project, which is a a, a volunteer-led organization that are running DNA through these databases to try and identify Jane Doe's and John okay. Doe's throughout the ages. And it's proving really effective. So if a wow. member of your family has been missing, could you give your DNA in and say, please, can you run to see if there's a match? Mm, yes, if they're missing and they've assumed another life and they've put their DNA on this, but this is helping to identify like yeah, in the reverse corpse. direction. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it finds it finds people who are relatives of this unknown person. Yeah. So like it could put, you, you know, if you found an unidentified body and you put their DNA through this system, it could come up with third second first cousins, cousins. Mm. and then they talk to those people and then they chart the family tree to figure out who this person is so there is kind Crazy. of like there is a lot of work that has to be done it doesn't just give you like a direct hit of like this is this person unless they've put their dna into the system but it gives you their family and it helps you narrow down who they are but it also it gives you information on like where they're likely to be from okay that's right like the 23 and me yeah, 20% European. Yeah, so it helps you, like, it, it just, it, like, narrows down your search entirely. What if he was adopted? That would throw you way off. Yeah, it would, actually. Anyway, 
Anyway, so in 2018, this DNA Doe project ran their first publicly funded um, campaign. It's basically because obviously this testing is really expensive. They created, which is probably the only entertaining part of the story, a Doe Fund Me page. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they called it. Wish I could take credit for that. And uh, they invited the public to cover the cost of the testing. It was funded in less than 24 hours. Much. Um, I'm not sure how much the price of it was. But 20 volunteers worked for hundreds of hours on Lyle's identification. And on the 22nd of March 2018, they discovered his true identity. Who is he? Was he? We don't know. Because they released the information to his family. And his family said, we don't want him to be publicly identified. And by the um, Grays Harbour County Sheriff's Office, they do not have to release the names of individuals who have died by suicide. The only thing the family said was that they didn't know he was dead. They just assumed he didn't want to be in contact with them and they had never reported him missing. <gasps> That's in really weird. Uh, 17 years. Whoa. How strange is that? Mm-hmm. What's tell me again about the character he named himself after? So Lyle Stevick is a character from a book called Joyce Carol Oates. Joyce Carol Oates, nineteen eighty-seven. You must remember this. And in the book, the character is traumatized by his daughter's passionate love for her uncle. Her uncle's a, a professional boxer in the in the book, and he goes down to his basement and he throws a rope over a thing and he tries to hang himself but he doesn't because his daughter is falling in love with his brother i think so i think it's some so sort some of, sort like of family incestuous thing. Thing. which but i don't know if that provided a clue because a lot of come on like a lot of the detective like people were trying to connect whether it was likely that he would have read this book well you're not going to just pick that name i mean it's not it's yeah yeah it's, it's, it's a really weird yeah. random name so yeah that implies some inner family mess and the fact that the family didn't go looking for him. The family didn't go, lo- but there's loads don't want there anyone investigating indi- it. Like it was definitely, in, you know, indicative that he had some sort of problem with his weight. Although his that's the, weird. The autopsy revealed that he was healthy. Like well, he wasn't. He didn't have. Like he wasn't someone who had been diagnosed with some disease and gone off and decided that he wanted to die. Like he was relatively healthy. He wasn't a smoker, and he wasn't. There was no no alcohol, medication in his no blood? medication and no alcohol in his blood. It's so really sad. sad, but it does so, smack so of sad. this family. Don't sound. But it is just one of like. This was the most interesting one, but there are like a plethora now of people that have been identified because of Reddit sleuths. Well, I, yeah, and I've, you've come across them when it's in the kind of research for this. There's loads of these unsaid, there's like, there's a few stories of kind of famous solved by Reddit Mm. murders Mm. and they're fascinating. Mm. But what people are, it's just the correlating of all of this information in super quick time. Like that guy, uh, the Golden State Killer who was recently identified because of the 23andMe thing. Yeah. So, like, there was absolutely tons of people, on, like, working on that case. One of which was the wife of a famous actor. 
Uh, Michelle McGrath. Yeah, so she wrote a book. Uh, yeah. She's Oswald dead now. Patton. That's his, so she her died husband. before her book was completely finished. And she died before he was identified, brilliant. which I know, is fucking so good. What's the book yeah. called again? Uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Yes. It's so good. I listened to it on Audible and it was a great listening one. I'm actually going to go and re-listen. It's so detailed, but she's a brilliant writer. And she, she was, was absolutely deep in Reddit's Lucas. Yes. And um, yeah, she worked like for years on this case. Because correlating of all of those PIs. threats, isn't, like, even, even when we're kind of going through trying to find stories and you're like, okay, there's so many comments here. And even though they're ranked in terms of people mm. voting to as to whether any good, mm. there's still... So much more information. Yeah, there's and there's a lot to cut through because there's a lot of just like theories and unexplained theories. And then you go and you think it's solved or whatever. But this she went down a lot of the rabbit holes, sorry, Michelle McGrath of the Golden State Killer. And like she writes in her book about meeting some people IRL from the online forums and stuff. And um you know, they're so dedicated. Loads of them are ex police and ex private investigators. And they all like, like, remember you were saying like how they get access to some of the materials and stuff. They would have have an in still because it would have been their actual business and their job. Or if you were kind of on the case and then got moved and then eventually retired, Mm. you'd have this information. Yeah. I think what's, yeah. And what's really interesting about the genetic stuff is that it's, it's hobbyists. Like it's retired. Mm. I know if you've, if you've listened to the, Bearbrook podcast. No. It's fucking brilliant. It's kind of it was the dawn of this genetic testing in this way. Um and it it's like a retired woman who did this like two day course in in genealogy that first realized that they could identify missing people in this way. D- look, you could it it's like massively powerful and kind of dangerous like there's been stories of people finding out that their brothers are their husbands and their you know there's you know yeah which is good i mean to find that out but it does raise some concerns it definitely raises concerns i think and the thing about it is is that like but it's what about the cloning when are they gonna start cloning people but the thing about like <laughs> wait they can't clone people from dna though am i right I'm all right, am I right? I'm pretty sure. I don't <laughs> think, I'm not, not sure science. any of us are qualified okay, to answer that question. I just don't want it to be like Michael Keaton in multiplicity again. Oh. But <laughs> like, <laughs> it's because it's, it's like, it's like your DNA is probably already in the database. Absolutely. If one of, of my relatives, relatives have yeah. put it in there. Exactly. So like, there's nothing stopping you from being identified. Like it's out of your control Do you, or do anything in you want, nothing in me wants to do that. To find out where, do you know what I mean? I'm think from. Do you be, have any curiosity? I think it'd be fucking particularly interesting to do one in Ireland because I'd say there's loads of hidden siblings all over oh, the world. Oh, massively. Yeah. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. And there's totally. definitely some, like, it's definitely a couple of cousins who've been sold off to America. Oh, my God. Yes. So like it probably Fidelma. is fascinating, but Phil- Philomena. Philomena, sorry. Jesus. Um... It is fascinating, but it's creepy as fuck, isn't it? So there you go. That story creepy, creepy. It's very unsettling. I just imaged it and a word to listeners. Don't 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 turn the computer around. Because no, definitely don't because 
There's really disturbing pictures there. There's distur- there's disturbing no, pictures you've poisoned of forever. This, I know. They released Are they still on there? Yeah. Turn them off. No, no, they're not. Like I was oh, in grand. they're still there. Yeah. But you know. Because they released all the pictures <laughs> of the, the scene. The wardrobe. They released the pictures of the body in the wardrobe. They released film, pictures of his worse, of worse. his autopsy. But it's it's just really, really fucking creepy. Like Well, okay, yeah. well, like what's the thinking behind the family there? Didn't want any additional attention. Finding out that all of this shit happened and all these people were interested. Because they might have it been... It was so scary, though, to find out that all of these faceless strangers sure. on the internet were obsessed well, with now, your child's story apparently or your the family, story. The family were very, the um, were very thankful. Like, at the time that it was he was identified, I think they, I think they said there was 90,000 people in various forums trying oh to God. identify him. Jesus. Um, and the family were thankful? The family were thankful, but they didn't make any. Uh, I kind of understand that, and I understand yeah. not releasing the name, they, but, but I don't understand not like registering his disappearance. But I mean, he was twenty-five. Still, you know, they probably thought that we don't know the circumstances of it. He could have had a falling out with the family. They're, you know, they could have been religious. They could have been a cult. He could have been gay and felt you know ostracized from his family he could have had an eating disorder and felt just like he didn't want to so be the there there could have been a history yeah. of abuse there he I could have been violent towards one of them yeah it makes no sense and left i don't know you know it does done it's something it is um but I, that being said there are also names floating around the internet of who he was but i didn't want to get in and reveal those on the podcast because if they said that they don't want him identified then that's it God, but there's it's just mad. so many <clears throat> mysterious. So had this not happened, had this not, he would have just gone forever from their lives and would have been a distant yeah. memory. Yeah, that is really sad, don't you think? But I, um, because all of this is relatively new as well. So this is less than a year ago that he was identified after 17 years of wow. it being a mystery. Like we are literally just we sh- like I want to subscribe to some sort of like genetic blog it's like another one identified another one identified but you're right there's no there's just gonna be updates all of the time there will no longer be like you would never there are no more jane does or no well they're they're literally like this dna doe project is working through a list of jane does and identifying them it is hard to imagine i guess we're, we're all living here in ireland like the chances of that happening here are so slim but then you think of the enormity of america and you're like okay it's fucking huge. Yeah, because there's a lot of... Oh, so I, I looked up the distance between... So he was from California. Ah. And it was about a 15-hour drive. Grant, so he, he could have just died. left his house. So he was in, oh, he was here's in two a different states away. When did he... So what age... Like how know, much they time... Haven't, they haven't released any detail. Well, can you tell from the age know. that he looks in the photograph? Like how much well, time f- had gone missing before... Is, the photograph is... The one that they use is... Like a reconstruction of his face from his autopsy, but is from the from the family's point of view, did he d- is it looking like he just left them and g- went and killed himself, or had any time passed? I don't know. I wonder. I don't know because the family doesn't say. They just said that they assumed he didn't want to have any contact with the family. Hmm, it's mad. I was just checking in with the Lady of the Dunes to see if she's been uncovered on. Who's the Lady the of the Dunes? Uh, DNA, what's it called again? Doe, uh, the DNA Doe Project. DNA Doe Project. They need to do her. You know her story. Um, the 
it was a woman discovered in the 70s in the dunes. Um, she was found by a teenage girl. Where, where, in um, what country? In the States, in like, I think it was Massachusetts. Uh, like out by the beach, kind of. Was this the girl who was found at the bottom, bottom of a cliff? No, no, she was in the dunes and she was found face down, no sign of a struggle. Uh, she had long auburn hair, pulled back into a ponytail. Like she's never been cause um, of death, blunt force, blunt force trauma to the head. But there's been mi- loads and loads of like, d- loads of different serial killers have confessed to her murder. Um, but no evidence that they actually committed the murder. They were trying for so long to identify her. And then um, a couple of years ago, um, the Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King, um, was watching Jaws. And he thought that she, he saw her or like, you know, somebody who looked like the composite sketches of her in the background of one of the crowd scenes. No way. Yeah. And I've watched Jaws since, Avi. And seeing the woman in the crowd scene and like, you know, it lo- it does look like her. It's auburn hair. She's wearing jeans. She's got like a bandana on her head. Sorry, wearing the same thing she was found in? Um, she was, yeah, yeah, found with the body or it was similar to what was found with the, her body. And also like that kind of adds up in terms of like there was thousands of extras brought in. Uh, you know, oh. to Martha's Vineyard. That like, might be worth in a the good same kind of uh, yeah. time frame That's and stuff. That might story. be worth a good digging around. Yeah, I got really deep into this shit today. It's okay. really oh fucking God, okay. I'm all haunted. Because a lot of feedback from the first year oh were like, people were like, yeah, we like this level of creepiness, but like, enjoyed how not too dark this is but whoa. well i'm just don't very go- surprised that's not uh, don't google the image but that but is don't yeah don't I google still the image feel any of this sick from looking at that picture do you know what just don't ever go near people who've died by suicide who are unidentified because it's creepy and it's upsetting okay yes. um so I, I just noticed a couple <laughs> more details from the lady of the dunes that i feel like i should share i feel like okay it is really weird so like she was discovered like out the back of this beach in in the dunes in the broad daylight by this teenager. Her hands had been cut off. Stop. Okay. So she couldn't be identified. Okay. 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 Enough. Okay. Enough. Right. We need some levity. <laughs> um. That. Thank you, Cass. That's haunting me. That but fascinating. This, fascinating. This yeah. DNA thing is going to kick up a lot of oh, like very it's going interesting to be, I think it's literally a case of them just trying to get through a list because it takes hours because of that they're finding family members and then coming in but if it's something that you're interested in listen to Bear Brook because it's it was the conception of this um, this sort of testing and at that itself is a fascinating story four bodies are found in barrels in a woods and they cannot identify the victims or how they died? Mm, well, I think it's were blunt. they dead before they went into the bodies? But barrels? <laughs> Jesus, yeah, okay. they're, they're okay. dead. I, I they're, it's know. like it's like a barrel with two bodies is found, and then it, the case goes cold. And then fifteen years later, the case is reopened, and a detective goes back to the scene of the crime to kind of like familiarize himself with the crime, and he finds a second barrel. So the barrels oh. are discovered oh my from God. the same crime, fifteen years apart. Barrels are 300 meters apart from each other. <gasps> There's loads of questions about how it happened. You're not even reading this shit down. Did you just this is, memorize just all of these? This. And there is, um, and then it, there just, there happens to be this one detective who hears a story and just can't get it out of her mind. And she starts investigating details of this story that 
fucking unearths everything and connects all of these mad crimes. And it's the first case in history where they've identified the murderer without identifying the victims. I think it might not be the first case, but that's a really impressive wow. thing. Wow! But it's the first. It, it is, is the first instance of using this sort of uh, genetic testing. And um, cool. It's, uh, it's that like sounds really good. I'm going. I to think it's yeah. like s- maybe. I don't know. I listened to it all in like within two days. I think it's only maybe eight episodes or something. It was really fucking good. It's the best, best true crime podcast I've ever listened to, except for this one. What's it called again? <laughs> Bearbrook. Bearbrook. Thank you. Well, I'm reeling again. I know. Um, I can't. I keep like hovering over again. Get off and your fucking. Kinda, just get away from it. It's going to it's haunt it your laptop. So it's in there now. You got a poltergeist. Hard to. Uh, that was really interesting. Thanks, Cass. Thanks, Cass. That I was w- sorry. really, really spooky. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. My long story, it's, it's not spooky. I'm going to go a lot lighter the next time. Good. Yeah. So if you come in with a heavy one next time, because I've got kind of a light one too. Okay, I'll go heavy next time. We're in. Uh, thanks we for coming back. We look forward to seeing back. you all next and time. And I said, I said, well, I don't think we should do this, but thanks for listening. To, and I know that sounds a bit nice. I think it's better to do that at the end. You were literally the gross one. thing you were like, that you don't, said. Don't, no. It's like, I guys, know. let's not thank those 20,000 people who listened because uh, that's just, that's, that's just so... As he's like bragging, it's and gross. Just like it's disgusting. We it's just don't a whole lot to, of. Yeah, we don't need to say it out loud. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway. Okay. Follow all the creep dive happenings at Tall Tales Podcasts on Instagram. Yes. And you can follow us individually for top personal content. Not me. I have uh, no. Um, nothing interesting going but I think uh, I think I need someone to sponsor me and I'm going to go into the female sanitary and heavy that so is very I'd like to this ask this could be a good sponsor that, that's a good fit I was thinking like moon cup I think fits with creep you just dive just give them a free ad so they're not going to come back to you uh-huh. um, uh, if you are an internet provider and want to encourage people to use the internet so they too could look up creepy stories like this do get in touch and we'll promote your service that was fucking amazing that's a sales pitch um, see you next week bye bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 